It's time again for the Jason Lee Club Show. It's time again for the Jason Lee Club Show. It's time again for the Jason Lee Club Show. And action, away we go. Welcome to Here's Your Freaking Podcast with the Jason Lee Cluck Show. Always good to have you around. Uh, don't forget, you can stay up to date, all things JLNK, obviously, by heading over to uh, to the website. Uh, that includes every episode of this award-winning podcast, JLNKshow.com. What are we going to learn uh, today? Well, we've got more signs that you might be dealing with a swinger. Oh. Uh, how many times should you be wiping after you potty? <laughs> I still can't get over that podcast about a month and a half ago where we found out like one out of every two people wipes their ass standing up. Uh, Dude, uh, he's uh, 32 years old. He has 96 children. And speaking of children, we've got a couple who can't seem to conceive. Uh, We'll find out uh, why they were unable to conceive and how quickly they were able to conceive after the problem was pointed out to them. Ah. Uh, First, though, on the Trust Reel show this week, uh, we were talking about uh, when you were a kid and how school was different when we were younger. And sometimes it's difficult to wrap your head around some things that teachers did when we were going to school that obviously they can't do anymore. They were a little uh, harsher and maybe a little more careless with children back in the day. The the number one example was back in the olden days how they would force left-handed kids to learn how to write with their right hand because, well, writing with your left hand, I guess, was unnatural. And you would get in trouble if you were left-handed and you were writing with your left hand. Said, man, that's crazy. Well, this was kind of along the same lines, but a little less terrestrial radio and obviously more for the podcast. Uh, the things that sex education didn't prepare you for. Remember when you went through health class and they, they taught you about sex, right? It was a humiliating yet titillating time to be alive in school. On one hand, you were embarrassed by the same side of the earth. The other side of that same coin, you were... About as horny as you were ever going to be. The thing that was great about the sex ed and health class when you were a kid, because the best part was, is they kind of put a stamp on the possibility that you will, in fact, get laid someday. Yeah. And that was very refreshing, because at the time you thought, everybody else is going to do it. I'm probably going to miss out. But in health class, they, they let you know that, yes, everyone does this. You will, too, someday. And this is what this time. is what you need to know and how you need to prepare yourself. Sex ed was also great too because, well, I don't know. I, can you imagine being a sex ed teacher and the questions and the nonsense that you have to deal with? Especially today with the internet. Tell me about eating ass. I think they called that millennial first base. You know when it when when it comes up in class and you know somebody raises their hand and say, "Is it true that every girl likes it when you finish on her face?" <laughs> now, see, that's not something that was open for discussion when you and I were in uh, sex ed class because hey, we didn't know that was a thing. When I was in sex ed, I wasn't even sure what finishing was. No, how do you know it's over? Oh, you'll know, young man. So they asked some people. They said, "Hey, what was it like in sex education class, and what did they get wrong?" One guy says, I once asked my sex ed teacher in high school a question while I was high. She kicked me out of class, and I still don't know the answer. The question he says is this. If a guy gets a ball transplant from another guy, will it shoot your sperm or his? (laughs) He says she legitimate, got red, sent me to the principal's office. Uh, she was my last class, so I just turned around and went home. But looking back, I wish I'd gone to the principal's office just so I could see his reaction. 
That kid sticking outside the box. Something I never got over from the sex ed class. Slideshows of people with cauliflower growing out of their buttholes. I, I don't remember that. I do remember in health class, though, they did... Uh, we saw... It was... Because it was puberty class and there were sex ed. They were two different things. And I remember the sex ed is when they started showing you pictures... Of gonorrhea and herpes. Oh, the fucking sores. It was the whole thing. The, the slide would go up and everybody would go... Yeah. And they're like, that's what happens when you fuck around and find out. And you're yeah. like, oh. They're like, don't sleep with unclean women. I made the decision right there. I was continuing to jerk off in my parents' basement until I was in my late teens. But as many as those terrible STD photos that we saw, the one that still affected me the most, and I can still see it in my mind, a lot of like the first time you see a snuff film on the internet or Bob parachuting into Bob's gator farm, is the first picture they ever showed you of trench mouth. They're like, here's what happens when you don't brush your teeth or use a whitening toothpaste. You're like, whoa! Worse than anything I've seen on any genitals in any health class ever. But they also didn't sort of prepare you for those sex ed, those disease and STD slides. Is They should have said, look, you're not going to just see this one day. You will have seen other things that lead up to this. Nobody sleeps with a syphilitic trench mouth person their first time out the gate. You have to work your way toward it through drug and alcohol abuse and gradual lowering of standards. They say uh, the things that we all seem to miss in health class. Hey, this is a great this is a great question. Why didn't anybody ask this in, in, in sex ed class? How can we do it better? Oh, yeah. I don't think they can teach you how to do it. They just try to scare you away from most of it. Well, when you're a kid, though, and you've never done it, you don't know that there's ways to do it good and bad. You just think doing it is doing it. When dude says, uh, grew up in Texas, it taught me two things. One, God loves you, and you're going to burn in hell. The other is that sex is the most awful, filthy, filthy thing on earth, <laughs> and you should save it for someone you love. That's it's, hilarious. If it's so terrible, why am sir, I saving it for the person I love? Why wouldn't I go after the person I dislike the most? Yeah, why don't I do this to somebody out of disrespect? Things they don't teach you in sex ed class: you should pee after sex. I like this one. It's in all caps. Things they don't teach you in sex ed: it's lower than you think. <laughs> Uh, hey. True. Hey, are guys supposed to pee after sex, too? Uh, I believe so. Oh, hmm. Uh, somebody says, uh, abstinence education. Just a bunch of talk about how expensive and gross babies and STDs can be. Oh, man, if they, yeah, if they had talked about the price tag that goes along with the babies. Oh, yeah. Uh, when I was in sex ed class, I probably would have delayed it a lot longer. If they would have said, this thing is, is not fun to have when you're 16 years old. It's going to occupy a lot of your life. But if they attached a dollar amount to that, mm-hmm. they're like, here's how much diapers cost. Here's how much formula costs. Here's how much baby food costs. $4.25 an hour. Here's how much it costs for a babysitter for a night out. I would have said, whoa, I definitely don't want that. One lady says the things they never taught you in sex ed. Um, for some reason, nobody ever told me that it runs out after you do the deed. For some reason, I forgot how gravity worked, and I just thought it stayed up there. <laughs> I blame the movies where girls were just able to pull their pants up and go about their day. They didn't teach you in... <laughs> That's in, not a very sexy thing to put into your movie, though, or your TV no, show. No, no. <laughs> Somebody grabbing Kleenex and then doing that penguin walk to the bathroom. Somebody says, 
They should teach you in sex ed class. A wide there's a wide variety of breasts and genitals. Not everybody looks the same. They never tell you how wet everything gets. <laughs> they, they never tell you about squirters. <laughs> Gross. They don't tell you how we all like different sex. Yeah, you find something that works for one person, and you're like, yes, I am a master at this. I am the greatest lover of all time. The next it, girl it, comes around, you're like, like, what are you, gross? You pervert? Get away from me. Either that or, you know, what worked on one is useless on the other. You're like, oh, those years I spent training for nothing. Oh, they never tell you that condoms have different sizes. That's a serious problem when condoms are the only thing protecting you from STDs and babies. Oh, you know what they never teach you in sex ed? This is great. How incredible orgasms are. They really glossed over the orgasm. Wouldn't it have been great to know that I wasn't going to die after I had it? (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember that ever being addressed, too. No. I don't remember my sex ed teacher ever going, you know what? But it sure is a hell of a lot of fun. I think I I do remember them saying that that during the male orgasm, the ejaculate will then leave the urethra. Like, there was the technical aspect of it, but they never told you exactly what orgasm meant. Like, look, it's gonna take, feel like two two fingers got jammed into your sides and your entire body tenses up and your eyes go cross and you start spitting. All right, more signs that somebody might be a swinger. We're always on the lookout for the upside-down pineapple, right? It's gotten so bad that, like, you can almost look at anybody and say, I bet they're a swinger. They've got this. They've got that. I've seen pineapples on fucking Jeeps. I don't know what anything means anymore. Well, according to Men's Health Magazine, here's another list. Somebody earlier this week said that boat people are more often than not swingers. I don't know if that's true, but now it's rattling around in my head. Yeah, it's because they're drunks, and their drunks are a lot more forgiving when it comes to, uh, you and, know. And bathing suits get a little bit loose when they sure. get, when they get you're wet. You're half naked all day, and you're drinking on a boat, or you're drinking in the marina. You let a lot of shit slide. <laughs> they say, all right, here's from uh, Men's Health Magazine. Uh, ways for you to find potential mates for swinging. Obviously, the upside-down pineapple, that's the most popular one. An upside-down pineapple knocker. They say purple-pink decorations in the front yard. All right, there's a house on my way home that's got loads of fucking pink stuff on the porch. Hey, come on. I think it's for breast cancer awareness, but... White landscaping rock. (laughs) What? Now you're just reaching for everything that people love. (laughs) Next thing you're going to tell me, it's those shitty green bushes that produce those little red berries that everybody since the 1970s has had in their front yard. Hey, I've got like legit, I counted 27 of those things, and I don't know how to get rid of them. And it's so much work to get rid of them and replace them that I think they're just going to stay there. Switching your wedding ring to your right hand means you're ready for some go time. (laughs) Oh no, there's that ornamental grass outside your home. No, we have that. I wanted to get that, but now that I know what it means, I can't. A black ring on someone's right hand. You mean like a thumb ring? No, is a there... thumb ring tells me you're down for some wild... <laughs> that... Or if you're a woman and you've got a, a ring on your toe. Is there anything sillier than a thumb ring? Who are you, Guy Fieri? This is the best shrimp po' boy I ever had. They say, uh... I want to know if the swingers like that we're all finding out the symbols 
if that's making their game easier or if it's driving them further underground because they don't want the normies to know. No, because I think it opens up the arena more for you. Mm. Yeah, I guess you're right. It gives you more more, options. More people in the pond, there's less people wondering, are you into this? Right. All right. Uh, We learned a a few weeks back in the podcast, there is an inordinate amount of people who are wiping their fannies while they're standing up. Every so often, that that thought will pop into my head, and I just think, how? How? Well, uh, I, I would think you're smushing the cheeks together, which is then pressing the mess further around and giving you more cleanup. They say an Australian pelvic expert has come to the rescue in case you're wondering how much toilet paper do you need after using the turlet. And he takes a look at the proper number of wipes. I have always been under the understanding that it was three. How many times are you supposed to wipe is the question. Uh, well, the answer, if the answer is more than three, the wiper might have a condition called, (laughs) this is disgusting, the wiper might have a condition called fecal smearing. (laughs) The expert explains... in over no, in over three wipes defense, we've all been sick before. Uh, the uh, expert explains this revolting symptom occurs when there's too much fecal matter stays at the entrance of Uranus after you're finished. Um, they say, uh, how do you? How does one eliminate this? This man explains... Change your diet, baby. Graphic detail. A technique you can use to reduce the number of wipes is squeezing the pelvic floor in a waterfall formation. What is that? Start by squeezing Uranus 20, 50, 80, 100% so that you've squeezed it four times by the end of your potty. It can help close off the anus, which is the reason why you're having little bits of stool hanging around the entrance. <laughs> why is that so funny and gross? Hey, imagine, but this guy has dedicated his life to this line of work. You know, and then you're he says, to close the door, there's still people coming out. And then he makes you feel bad. This is usually from the weakness of the sphincter. No, you, you don't want to be weak sphinctered. You got a weak cutter. Other causes include hemorrhoids, anal scar tissue. Wow, dude, how hard are you getting in there? Do you need to trim your nails? I have always, like, I, I think, man, I don't know if it was a podcast or something else, but I heard that if you wiped more than three times, you risk giving yourself hemorrhoids. <laughs> One person says, I have Crohn's disease. Wiping is my profession. <laughs> 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 I am as hairy as Chewbacca. It's like wiping peanut butter off a Persian rug. <laughs> hey, what did somebody text in earlier this week that buying toilet paper from Dollar Tree was like wiping with a ghost? Yeah. That's funny. So according to this guy, it should be like three or less. Anything more than that, then obviously you're weak. You're a beta pooper. <laughs> Why are you doing those exercises? Well, I can't stop wiping. It's it's become problematic. 32-year-old man, he's a software engineer. He has 96 children. He lives in Georgia. So what are you doing? He got 96 kids out there running around. Obviously, the man is a sperm donor. Obviously, it's easy to connect those dots, right? 96, though, that... 
by 32, that's a ton. That means whatever his resume is that they're looking at when they're looking at sperm donors, his resume must be a motherfucking resume. He's decided he's going to quit his job. Okay. And embark on a 9,000-mile road trip to see as many of his kids as he can. Wow. So far, he's met they, 25 of the 96. Do they want to see him? Uh, well, there's got to be an agreement in there somewhere because I know there's the ability to contact. So you're like, hey, it's me. I'm going to stop by. I'm taking a road trip. I wouldn't call this the Great American Road Trip. This isn't like driving the old Route 66. So far, he's met 25 of his 96 kids. He's keeping track of everyone on a spreadsheet. However, <laughs> what he's supposed to say, hey, it's a me, a masturbator. Uh, he says uh, it has been a delicate situation for some of the parents, though. Uh, some of the couples who used his donation say they worry about he's going to feel entitled, and that could be problematic. They went on to say that it's been very clear. Uh, one even says they've been very clear to their daughter that he, that he is not the dad, and he will never be your dad. You don't have a dad. You have a donor. But he hopes to complete his road trip uh, in a year. As a guy who hates confrontations and awkward social interactions, this would be the last thing I would do. I would just say, cool, 96, huh? Why don't we cap it at an even 100 and we'll be done? All right, and here's the best story of the podcast. This is probably the best story that we're going to get this week. A couple in China got a big surprise. See, they're trying to conceive. They're trying to have babies. Okay. And they're wondering, well, we're supposed to go to a donor now. What are we supposed to do? Because we've been trying like crazy. A couple is in their mid-20s. They went to the doctor, and they said, no matter how many times we've tried, we can't seem to get pregnant. All the standard exams, everything came back. You guys are... Tip top. You should be doing okay. All right. It was at that point that the doctor realized the couple, when they had been doing it, had been doing it in the wrong area. (laughs) 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 The wife was very upset about their not having a child. The the man was like, well, we got to keep trying. Are you kidding? That area, obviously, babies cannot be conceived there. And you probably have to... So they were doing anal for how long? It doesn't say. It says they were trying for a long time. Once even, the, even a short time would be thrilling that way. <laughs> you know, the, the only thing that make this story better is if he knew the babies weren't made that way. <laughs> He's like, no, no. He's like, you know what? I'm going to take some time and treat myself. This is the quickest way to conception from what I understand. How do you mix that up? I mean, I know that what's China, so I mean... There are seven or eight billion people who live there, so somebody should have clued them in. You don't just get that many people because everyone thinks it's butt sex. Well, the good news is the the doctor gave them the correct info about the proper way to conceive a child, (laughs) meaning it's not as low as you think. (laughs) The couple became pregnant just a few months later. Hey! Okay, this doesn't seem very fair. Uh, they asked um, the the doctor. They said, "Is this rare?" According to the obstetrician, he's probably like, uh, "Fucking yeah!" It, it's it's a she, and the obstetrician says it is not uncommon for people to lack or have misconceptions regarding this kind of knowledge. Oh, she churched it up for him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does happen occasionally. She says. <laughs> 
She just points. She's like, where, where are you putting this exactly? There's a He's dude. Like, the butthole, of course. There's a dude sitting there going, ah, oh, you've blown my, you've blown my cover. You've ruined everything, old woman. Yeah, he just looks over her and shrugs. Who knew? I yeah. guess. Eh? Eh, what are you going to do? That's super funny. All right, so there you go. There's uh, there's your podcast. Good luck to you out there. If, you, if you're keeping that secret and you've managed to keep it going for a while, good on you. <laughs> uh, again, quick reminder, you can stay up to date all things JLNK. Just head over to uh, JLNKshow.com, and we will see you next Tuesday. Podcasts by Federated Media.